Good morning, afternoon, and or evening. Welcome back to World of Podcasts. Be sure to grab yourself some tea, coffee, or whiskey if you're feeling a bit frisky. So, in the queue today, we are going to be ultimately talking about macros and Lua coding. But to start off, we're going to talk about some 8.1 patch updates and disclaimer, these things are subject to change knowing Blizzard. Yeah. Oh, def- definitely. That's something that's like, Blizzard, it's the carrot on the stick they dangle in front of your face. <laughs> it's like, hey, these wonderful things are coming. Maybe. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, we'll get you really excited about this thing, and then last minute, no. Cost changes! <laughs> so, first up, we're going to talk about Azurite armor for, or is it from or for Mythic Plus? Uh, it's from Mythic Plus... And it's also from the raids as well. All right. Okay. So coming in 8.1 is a new currency. Is it a quality of life improvement change for Mythic Plus or Azure Armor? Isn't that what the patches are for? Quality of life changes. Sometimes. Sometimes they just gotta like fix. They gotta tweak something the right way. So there's gonna be a new currency that they're bringing in, and you get it from your Mythic chest and scrapping slash disenchanting epic quality azurite gear okay your weekly chest no longer gives azurite piece so you know how you have a chance of getting an azurite piece from those chests well that's no longer a thing but because they they reconciled and rectified that situation so uh demerturge vashreen the uh i forget what he's called he's like the mummy the mummy guy uh the mummy guy? Yeah, so uh, I forget what they're called. The they look like mummies. All right, you, you <laughs> saw them. You saw them on the disco ship in Legion. We're not talking about like the the Zandalari, are we? No, no. They look. They're like light bound mummies, like glowing on the inside. I forget what they're called. I'm sorry to bring this up on stream. I'm just looking at the waveforms and noticing <laughs> how much louder Steak is than me. It's honestly that that I. Uh, I have a deeper voice, so it's gonna like. I can make my voice. Super I can make deep. my voice super deep. Yeah, exactly. I noticed that that actually worked. What the actual <laughs> hell? <laughs> it's because the waveforms are bigger. I, I'm a double E, so I'm familiar with the waveforms and all that. So, <laughs> all right. So Vashreen is going to sell caches that reward random Azurite pieces, or say you want to target a specific one. Say that you play like a Vengeance Demon Hunter, and you you have a piece of gear that would like be perfect for your tank set. So you're like, all right, I want this piece of gear. Or, you know, say that you want one for your Mythic Plus clearing and you want one for your raid clearing because the they're a bit different, you know. And I'm not going to get too terribly much into that, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Okay? So only armor earned and scrapped after 8.1 will offer the currency. So don't try to stock up your Azurite gear now because that's just going to be gonna a waste. It's going to be useless. It's going to be useless. You know, just go ahead and scrap what you got that you don't want. And then as soon as 8.1 goes live, boom. Think of 8.1 as like a fresh start, basically. Yeah, and, and that's usually how the, the patches go, especially like major content patches. I mean, I guess I can see that being really mm-hmm. refreshing for some people in that they don't have to scramble to try and mm-hmm. like... And, like, rush to try and get these things built up before 8.1. Yeah, so that people aren't going and, like, running them with the expectation that they're going to get the currency. Because it's just, it's going to be useless, basically. Exactly, exactly. 
So armor will also go up in item level after the next Mythic Plus season, which is generally going to be when the raid, raid is released because you're going to get you know certain tiers of gear. So currently, when they release it, it's going to be 355 gear, 375 or, or 370 and 385. And so if that's the targeted gear levels, okay. I'm realizing how behind I am with my 95s. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Level locked back there. I'm getting there. You're getting there. <laughs> so the the 385s are going to be the most expensive pieces, obviously, because they're the highest item level. They, they're the best gear out there. Well, as soon as the you know raid starts up, you're going to have this next Mythic Plus season, and the item levels are going to increase dramatically. So, uh, let's see... So the higher the key you do, like say you run a 10 versus a 7, you're going to get more of the currency from the 10 than you would the 7. So people that really, really, really just farm the crap out of those things and really are on their game, they're going to get the 385s targeted and everything like that because they're generally your Mythic Plus Raiders. Yeah. Or, or your Mythic Raiders. They're people who do it regularly or very right. experienced. Right. They're very experienced. They, they have like a set crew that they run with all the time and, and knock it out. Yeah. All right. So that covered that. What's next on the uh, on the docket here? Before we get into too much of this, I want to issue the very obvious spoiler alert. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there's going to be spoilers. Right. This is stuff that's on the PTR right now. It's like, if you're not on PTR, you're not really following. And if you're not looking at the data mines, you know, you're not seeing it. So if you're not wanting spoilers for this part, be sure to check the description below. And I will tell you what time to skip to for the macros. Yep. So without any further ado, so when we're going into the 8.1 patch updates, um, 8.1 goes live um, December 11th of this year. Um, the amount of experience needed to go from 70 to 90 is decreased by 40%. Mm -hmm. So basically, if you've got... It's going to be a lot easier. Yeah. Because, like, you know, you're having to get to level 120 now. So, there, and something I've noticed myself when leveling characters around that range, the... It can be a bit tedious. It's tedious, but not only, it's not only tedious, it's that the uh, the quests are longer Yeah. To, to do what you need to do. And because of the level scaling, it gets to a point where, like, it's... Prior to then, it had felt very expedient, very quick to get from one level to the next, and then it just kind of draws out. Yeah. You know, you're going from, like, maybe 30 minutes a level to now it's, like, taking... A day about or an, two. No, about an hour. Like, okay. so about an hour. Because, like, my friend recently, uh, he just hit 120 on a Alliance character because he was going for the Iron Dwarf. Yeah. So he had... It took him, I want to say, about a week... Mm. He had, now he hadn't been on every day, but he was you know w about every hour after he hit like level seventy. Is he, um, is he a more casual player? Uh, he he is now, but he's a very he's a very veteran player. He's been playing longer than I have, so he's a very veteran player to the game. So um, up next is heritage armor is to be allied for or is to be added for non-allied races, the blood elves and the dwarves. Mm -hmm. They say that there's no reputation grind behind this, but their next statement is very contradictory of it. Yeah. Meaning that you have to be at max level and exalted with Ironforge slash Blood Elves. You um, you can start the... Or, 
Okay, so when you are at max level mm-hmm. and exalted with the Iron Forge and Blood Elves, you can so, start the quest. So Silver Moon or Iron Forge, and see, like that's when they say no reputation grind. It's like, well, if I'm a demon hunter, literally everything you're going to be doing to get anything is reputation grinding. For the for that yeah. specifically, because it's like. I'm a demon hunter. I, I'm not exalted with Silver Moon, even though yeah. I'm a Blood Elf. I've got to go out of my way. Exactly. Like, that's reputation grinding. Granted, it, it, it takes, like, about two hours to Although, do it. Although, I think maybe whenever they say reputation grinding, they mean you're not going to have to, like, farm this for days at a time. Yeah, yeah it, it literally takes, like, two hours. So, if you're at max level and exalted with Iron Forge and Blood Elves, or Blood Elves, um, you can start the quest and complete the scenario to get the Heritage Armor. It's a nice little, like tidbit of lore from what I've seen that oh yeah you get exposed to the lore of the dwarves and the dwarven armor I will say I'm not I'm not an alliance player mostly I, I did it just to get the iron you know dark iron I'm not gonna lie so I am an alliance player however that happened by accident and if we have <laughs> some time at the end of this podcast I will come back and explain that so the the dwarves it's like that the whole mountain king kind of look with the the horns on their yeah. head they they really look like what they were yeah because so the dwarves you know for okay anybody that's not too into the lore the dwarves were actually created by the titans they were they look very tolkien yeah well okay yeah i mean any kind of concept like that's going to be like tolkien. well i mean like even like their character models looks mm-hmm. very like you know they look like the guy of the lord of the rings yeah yeah um that's, th- that's probably on purpose, knowing yeah. I, mean, I mean, they're going to, of course, bar from certain I think it's things. more of, like, a nice little <clears throat> Easter egg, you yeah, know? Yeah, it, it's, it's paying homage to, yeah. you know, to The same that way that, thing. like, Nazoth is paying homage <clears throat> to Lovecraft, with, yeah. like, the old gods. All the old god stuff is Lovecraftian. Um, but the dwarves actually started out as um, being made of iron, or being made of metal and stone. <clears throat> Hence Ironforge? Well, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, stupidest question my friend ever asked me, back, the guy that got me started on the game, was, hey, I'm in Ironforge, um, is there an anvil here? Oh the God. Literally the center, the center of the city is a giant anvil. Bless his little Surrounded heart. by a forge, it's literally a forge in the center of the city. <laughs> so, they were made of stone, and or metal, and, you know, Yogg-Saron did the whole curse of flesh to be able to corrupt them. And now they're made of flesh and blood. Yeah. So, there's that. So, the next thing I'm going to have to have you explain is uh, Rep Paragon for BFA factions. Okay. So, back in Legion, they did a thing where you, when you hit Exalted with a faction, you could then go beyond Exalted to earn a chest that had a chance to drop a mount and, like, give you extra gear and extra stuff, basically. Mm -hmm. You get more money out of it. Uh, however, the Paragons in BFA don't don't get too excited. They don't have mounts. Thus far, they're only going to have pets. I mean, sure, that's great for people that are into, like, pet battles and everything. And if you think pets are cute like I do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's always cool to have a cute little companion pet. But they are... They're not going to have mounts as of what they've announced. Now, so, like we said that this is subject to change, so keep your eye out because there may be some Right, they may do it in like a future patch or something yeah. like that. Oh, and uh, I want to touch back on the Heritage Armor stuff. So this is not just going to be limited to dwarves and blood elves. They're actually wanting to 
give heritage armor to all the original races. Oh, that's cool. And they're, I think what they're going to do is, like, every new patch that comes out is going to have, like, another heritage armor group. Mm. Like, they may do, um, I know they're thinking about doing, like, Tauren and Gnomes. And the Gnomes, like, it, it's cool, because not much armor looks good on a Gnome. And they've actually got this little steampunk look going on. <laughs> it's really cool. I love steampunk. So, up next is Champions of Azeroth will be made account-wide. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Okay, so I, I actually I do want to touch on that a little bit. So, it's not just Champions of Azeroth. It's all reputation is account-wide. And that doesn't mean, like, oh, hey... If you get exalted with one faction on one character, that, like, you're exalted right, with another. Right, 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 right. It just means that rewards that, like, her- uh, transmog that were locked behind reputation is no longer going to be locked. So So if you unlock something, if you get exalted with one faction on one character, you will have that thing mm-hmm. on all characters. Yeah, to, to be able to transmog to it. Now, you won't be able to buy it from that vendor and use it on your characters. Like, yeah. for example, if you uh, say you get exalted with 7th Legion and or an Alliance or Honor Bound Horde, the rest of your group is not exalted with, with them. It's just the transmog gear you get from that vendor can then be used on the other thing, on the other characters. Same thing goes for something like in Wad, the Laughing Skull. You could buy the transmog like skull of the Laughing Skull clan, but if you didn't have that reputation on anybody else, you can only use it on that one character. So it, it's the cosmetic rewards that go with it are really cool. Um, the Champions of Azeroth bit in this means that your necklace is reputation locked. So you have to hit the different reputations like friendly, honored, and then revered to unlock the different item levels of your um, your neck piece. So they're now making it to where you know you're gonna get those gains on all characters, which is really cool for people that you know have been exalted for like forever. Yeah. So you don't have to grind it out anymore like you did in the past just to get that necessary bit of like item level. Um, so next is, so you remember, like, the Legion assaults and mm-hmm. Legion, like, the invasions or whatever. So, incursions are a new feature similar to those. Yeah. So, incursions, what's it going to be is basically your, it's going to be, like, the opposite faction coming in and attacking your, like, main island area. So, say your horde side, they're going to be hitting one of these zones in Zandalar. Say that your alliance side, they're gonna hit one of the zones in Kulturas. The cool thing about it is it's not as tedious as the um, as the invasions were. You're not gonna have to do like no, you you have to do like a, a bit of kind of scenario ish type stuff, but it's not gonna be like oh well, do all this, then do this, then do this, and then we're gonna like end it all with this. No, it's it's a lot simpler than than those were. And, you know, they're from what I've seen, they're a lot quicker. And they, they make you feel like it's more rewarding. And it's a great way, too, that if you're leveling up in BFA, that's another great way to level up. Because they that's a lot of experience, as invasions were in uh, Legion. So before we, we move on to the next point, can you explain for those who may not know <coughs> <coughs> me what a Warfront is? All right, so Warfronts, the best way I can describe them is essentially like a PvE battleground. Okay, so, so it's like a battleground, but more scenario. Yeah, yeah. So basically, you queue up for it, 
And at this point, they're really impossible to lose. <laughs> like, you just have to absolutely be doing nothing the entire thing. So, the current Warfront that's out uh, is the Arathi Basin one. And you Wait, get... that's a Warfront? Uh, okay, so you got the Arathi Basin... Uh, Battleground, and there's a warfront, and there's a warfront in Iraqi oh. Basin. So it's actually the whole zone was revamped from its cataclysm. Are you uh, sure redesign. you're not talking about Iraqi Highlands? Iraqi, sorry, Iraqi Highlands. Yeah, not Iraqi Basin. Okay, that's my, where my, I was my mistake. Sorry, guys. No, so but it's it's based in this. So the Iraqi uh, Basin uh, Battleground is actually based mm. off that zone. And. Okay, so <clears throat> since we got the explanation out of the way, because I do kind of want to move this along so we can get into the macros. Mm-hmm. Um, coming in 8.1 is the Darkshore Warfront, which is Night Elves versus Forsaken themes. Right. And it's outdoor zones to be updated like Arathi Highlands, so there will be quests and raids. Right, and- right, right. So basically Darkshore is going to be updated to, like, it's going to get a nice new refreshed look, which is really cool. Um, so up next is war campaigns with Alliance leading direct strike at Sandalari Fleet, and two new raids, Battle of Dazarlor, coming sometime in January. It is theorized that it'll probably be around mid-January. <clears throat> I think it was, what, Taliesin and Evatel you were watching? Yeah, I was watching that, and I was like, okay, because I was trying to make sure I stayed, you know, up to, up to date on, like, when it's going to be launched. What is theorized is around probably the 8th or the 15th, somewhere around mm-hmm. that area. Um, so, the Battle of Dazarlor is a nine-boss raid where the foe is the op- opposing faction. So, mm-hmm. the Alliance will join Jaina and her forces um, and fight their way to the Pyramid and confront Rostikon. The important thing to note about this is that Jaina will still be your final boss. Right. Because what will happen in there is... Flashbacks, yes, basically. And the Alliance players will be converted to Horde players, and you will fight against you actually, interestingly enough, you'll get the the Horde racials. Yeah. So if you're, you know, you'll get, like, an Arcane Torrent, which So if you're, cool. like, a Night Elf, you will be a Blood Elf, basically. Uh, I don't know the exact racial conversions. Okay. Um, Either way, if you are Alliance, you will be Horde. Mm-hmm. So from the Horde side, you will try to define, like, to defend the pyramid, and Jaina is the final boss. Mm-hmm. Except there's, re- <clears throat> I don't know if there's a flashback still. No. Okay. So the way that that works is that the some of the bosses have little tweaks to them. Like okay. the, I think the gorilla boss in there is when he's fighting for the alliance side. Uh, like when you go on the alliance side, he's been corrupted and is now undead. Yeah. When you go on the Horde side, he's alive and okay. he's like tough. Like I said, the important thing to note there is whether you are Alliance or Horde, Jaina will be your final mm-hmm. boss, which I know, I, I don't think she's going to die, but it's still going to break wanna, I don't want to release the spoiler on that. I mean, that, you, that's, you can kind of... Yeah. I myself am not sure whether she is or not, so that's a nifty mm-hmm. little um, little thing for me. So the second raid that is coming is Crucible of Storms, and it's a two-boss raid located under the Shrine of the Storm that hints at Queen Ajara and... Uh, Nazoth, mm-hmm. which has kind of been confirmed as far as I know. Yeah, it's been confirmed. Because, I mean, if you're dealing with Queen Ajara, you're by proxy dealing with Nazoth. Yeah, I mean, he's he's paying her bills, you know. He, he's, <laughs> he's your, uh, he's your what, sugar daddy, I think? <laughs> but, like, he, okay, so... No, 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 okay, so 
everyone seems to think that Queen Ajara is Nazoth's bitch. Yeah. But it's kind of the other way around. I yeah, mean, I mean, we all saw... You, you watch the Warbringer, and it's yeah. like, this person is not afraid of him. Exactly. Um, so it's basically Battle for Azeroth's Trial of Valor Raid. Yeah. So, okay. And I kind of want to, like, discuss a little bit on that. So there is a kind of Easter egg in the Alliance intro cinematic where Jane is having a nightmare. She wakes up from the nightmare and spills black ink is on the, the map. Um, is that the cinematic that we watched a while back? I think, I, I think I've yeah, seen where, it. Yeah, where, like, she sees herself as a little kid and then, yeah. like, her dad's singing to her. Yeah. So um, she spills ink on the map, and the way... Like, the location it spills on is Stormsong Valley. Which is heavy Nizoth. Oh, yeah. Like, it's heavy Lovecraftian themes because they're... So, basically, it's a hint at Nizoth without being extremely direct about it. I mean, okay, so inside the dungeon itself, like the Shrine of the Storm, you look down under the water when you get in there, and there's, like, tentacles in the water. Because of Nizoth. Like, huge tentacles. Isn't that where he's imprisoned anyways? Is around um, that general area? Underwater. They they, they never they really haven't, they haven't really stated where, but okay. that's actually the part of the world where on the original map of like the one continent where yeah. he kinda ruled over was that area. Yeah. So it would make sense that even after the sundering he would still kinda be yeah. in that area. At least influencing in that area. Yeah. And and not to mention it's like a lot of the Naga activity just, you know, globally yeah. has been on that side the kind of scary and cool thing at the same time depending on how you look at it is with queen ajara basically working under nazoth and having the naga work under her Mm -hmm. is nazoth has influence pretty much everywhere now yeah i mean the water like you know like on our own planet water is the vast majority of the space on the world it's not even just that we've like we have observed the naga coming onto shore Mm -hmm. anyways so it's not like they're exclusively yeah it's not like they're trapped in the water they can come onto land if they choose to Mm -hmm. which like i said is either scary or cool depending on your outlook on it so like if you didn't think the trine of the storm was very old god influenced have you not seen what it looks like from the outside it literally looks like a a cthulhu (laughs) That's a Cthulhu Mountain, basically. It looks like a hellish, like, nightmare theme park up there. And so he's supposed to be... I'm not sure if they meant literally behind it or actually behind it when they're talking about it. All right, so we still got a little bit more to cover mm-hmm. on, like, the patch updates. But this is definitely going to be macros. a longer podcast than last week's was. I'm theorizing around the hour, hour and a half mark. Yeah. Which, I mean, if you're watching something that has to do with macros, it's going to be long in Oh, yeah. So, not coming in 8.1, but 8.1.5. Mm-hmm. Um, allied races, Culturans, and Zandalari Trolls will become available for gameplay after the Siege of Zoldazar raid. Yeah. So, basically... Which uh, is Battle of Dazarlor. Yeah, basically... The Battle of Dazarlor kind of makes him realize, oh, we, you know, we actually need to really digging our heels and decide to, you know, nut up or shut up with this <laughs> because that's when we're really going to recruit them. So, um, up next is two new islands, um, Jorindal, which is Vicruel themed, and Haven's Wood, which is Gilnean themed. Mm-hmm. Um, n- 
Nomergan. <laughs> Nomergan. Nomergan Pet Battle Dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to touch on that, you can. So, there wasn't any detail. Yeah, given. okay, so similar to the Wailing Caverns There one. also wasn't any explanation or anything given with profession changes. Yeah, it's it just probably... just profession changes. The profession changes, I think they're still, like, working the kinks out on that, but okay. my thoughts... So, we can expect them, but we don't know what to expect yet. Yeah, my thoughts is just, like... So with the ones who actually craft like leatherworking, blacksmithing, tailoring, the armor you can make. So currently you can make armor up to item level 385, but you've you had to have um, made the previous item level like you had to make the 355, then the 370, and then you can make the 385. So I think they're going to tune up the item levels on that because you kind of have to. Like you have to have something that's going to work for the raid. And I do believe that they're making it where, like, Sanguicels, which currently drop in Old Year, I think they're making those, um, or even, like, broken down and used to buy, like, herbs and things like that. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> do you, would you like to edit that out? Nope. Okay. No, I would not. Well, there you go, folks. People won't know me. Okay. If they okay. don't know that fair, I Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, so coming up next is new scenarios with um, Tyrande's... Yeah, mm-hmm. Tyrande's Ascension, players unlock uh, night elf options with dark eyes. Cooking scenarios with Nomi, so expect burnt food. Yeah, lots lots of burnt food. You're going to find out that Nomi is actually the villain of the entire game. He's working with Lore Walker Cho, because that's going to happen. Oh, you thought Sylvanas burned down the world tree? No, it was just Nomi, another <laughs> fucking kitchen disaster. Gordon Ramsay would just ream him so badly. Like, like Gordon, hey, mate, so what are you doing here? Gordon Ramsay would be like, I've seen Wes, but fuck you. <laughs> Finally, some good food. <laughs> <laughs> this is better than anything on Kitchen Nightmares. <laughs> so, an unknown Toldegar scenario. They say it's unknown, but... Uh, what we're theorizing is Sylvanas wanting Lady Ashvane because yeah. she is useful. They actually, currently on the live version of the game, when you go into Toldegore as a horde, you get to the top, you kill the last boss, you kill the overseer, and then Nathanos walks up there and is like, all right, we got the overseer's keys, now we get our asset. So, you're the one who brought up to me that you were theorizing that Sylvanas wants Lady Ashvane. What are your motivations behind thinking that. Okay, so Lady Ashvane, for one, her whole crew has basically been making uh, Azerite, like, uh, weaponry. So, think, like, cannonballs, like, guns. I think guns. another part of your, like, I guess, thought behind it is Sylvanas wants to conquer the, uh, the Alliance. Mm-hmm. Lady Ashvane wants to rule the Alliance. Lady Ashvane basically wanted to rule over uh, Kul'Tiris. Like, so, bit of, bit of a spoiler alert. So I mean, we already issued a spoiler yeah. alert for this. She basically tries to um, do a coup of the Proud Moor, who is like, they're the top is of that, the line. Is that referencing the uh, cinematic where Jaina calls back the yeah. fleet? Yeah, so that's that's after the Siege of Boralus uh, mythic. Which you have to do as part of the whole quest line as alliance to like finish it up. Yeah. Okay. So um, next on the new scenarios portion is heritage armor scenarios. Mm-hmm. 
Um, up next is Vol'jin's story continues. So, if you don't know, Vol'jin's story is him trying to figure out who influenced him to make Sylvanas war chief. And not just that, like, he's also trying to figure out who brought him back. Yeah. He's not, he's not quite dead. He's, like, in between. He's something more than just being a spirit. Yeah. He's not a spirit, but he's not, like, an undead either. He's... It's weird because the Lich King didn't bring him back. Mm -hmm. Juan Somdi didn't bring him back. It's ongoingly unknown. Yeah, so, okay. Nobody so far has had motivation to bring him back or to make Sylvanas war chief because she fucks with the balance of everything. Yeah, so a bit of spoilers on this because I I like this. I love this topic. Basically, you know, he goes to... Look, man, just suck Bon Bon (laughs) Somdi's dick already and get it over with. You want to make a deal? <laughs> so he goes to they, you know, you go to Bonsomity, and Bonsomity basically calls out Sylvan, and she's like, "I'm," it's like, "I don't like her. She screws with the balance. She has a tendency to keep the things she kills. exactly. She's like, she he mess, she messes with the natural order of life and death. She's it's, like, it's she's one, no friend of mine. It's one thing to make a few people undead, but whenever you kill somebody and then make them undead, and you fuck with the natural mm-hmm. order of things, the Loa of death is not gonna like you. Yeah. Because he, born somebody has a boss. That to me is really terrifying. It, it doesn't seem like he's really scared of his boss, but it's a. I really don't want to inconvenience this guy because he oh, could probably fuck me up. Oh no 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 no! He's scared. He is. He's scared of his boss. Whoever his boss is, he's scared that he. Um, Watch it be like this tiny little like squirrel thing. <laughs> you know, like the uh, the episode of Amazing World of Gumball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. The earlier Vol'jin stuff, you go and you take Vol'jin's ashes, or you take the urn to Bonsomdi, and he <coughs> tries to get, you know, he's like, all right, Vol'jin, come on out, man, or come on out, Mon, and he's like... Don't do that accent anymore. He's like, he's like all right, where's the spirit? And he goes, oh, no, 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 no. He's like, where, where be the soul? He's like, I haven't lost a soul in this long. He's like, the boss ain't gonna be happy about this. And, like, he's genuinely scared. Yeah. Because whoever his boss is can unmake him. So you essentially go to the different, like, death death figures. So you go to Bonsomdi, and Bonsomdi basically says, I didn't do it. You know, I don't, I don't have that kind of power. Then you go to the Lich King, and the Lich King's like, no, I didn't do it. And he also gives the option of staying there forever or leaving then. Yeah. It's like either you leave now or you stay here forever. You're yeah. not You're not dead. Why are you here? Yeah. And then I, uh, Ayer, uh, <clears throat> who is a figure in Legion, who is a massively powerful, like, Titan person. Yeah. And, like, a Titan construct. And she basically says that it's not within her realm of power. Yeah. To do that. And to me, that says that something really big's going on because... I really think it was, like, <clears throat> old god influence. If not old god... That's like, just my theory. Like, something... Something had to create it because Aegir is massively powerful. Aegir essentially like rules over the the Valkyr. The the way the the reason since I'm like I guess an anime girl now. <laughs> the reason that I think it's old god influence is because Sylvanas is an undead. Mm-hmm. She can't be corrupted from them, mm-hmm. and so if he manipulates the people around her to corrupt her and put her in a position where she can abuse power. It makes it a lot easier. Although I will say that having a f- hasn't there been um, like 
spoilers of her wielding the um yeah and actually that's something else i want to touch on after we do cover right. the last bit because that's that's something i don't think that was mentioned on there all right so you know like Vol'jin, i theorize is a loa i think what's going to end up happening is that after razan was killed and drained and everything like that Rastakhan said hey i want to make a deal with bonsomni because i need to save my kingdom yeah. So now his whole family line is bonded to Wansomni, <clears throat> which is very bad because that essentially just, it damns them. Yeah. It's it's a very bad bargain. <laughs> I think what's going to end up happening is because the Zandalari, even though Vol'jin was a dark spirit troll, the Zandalari have massive respect for him. Yeah. So much respect that Talanji even said, bring his ashes to Atal Dazar. And so we can entomb him there. This is a great honor to do yeah. this. This is like, we respect him. We know how wise of a leader he was. Bring him here so he can rest in peace. I think he's going to be a Loa, and I think he's going to essentially replace Bonsomni because I think even Bonsomni hints at him potentially being a Loa just without coming out right and saying it. Yeah. Because Vol'jin represents everything that the that the Zandalari revere, everything that they respect, like, he's strong, he's courageous, he's a good leader. Yeah. You know, he basically... So when Thrall made him war chief, he made him war chief because he, like, actually got up the guts to go against Garrosh and to depose him. And he led with honor. And even Varian Wren was like, okay, he's like, the Horde did a lot of bad things under Garrosh. He's like, but you didn't do that. Yeah. It's like, you did this with honor. He's like, so I, I respect you. I'm not going to attack you now. Yeah. So, so what's that? Let's power through the last few things here because there's not much left. Um, the allied races are un, are able to unlock... Okay, so you're uh, you're able to unlock Legion allied races faster. Mm-hmm. Um, class changes, not set in stone, but keep an eye out on Elemental Shaman, Shadow Priest, and Prot Warrior. Prot Warrior... Yeah. You guys probably are gonna get one. I, I'm gonna be honest. That you you guys know that you're like the bastard children of Blizzard, and they're just <laughs> never going. They're never gonna do it. So the last thing here is model updates. The Draenei totems will now be more high def. Mm-hmm. More like basically a higher polygon count. Yeah. So they'll look a lot smoother than they do now. So that about covers. Um, alrighty, so I'm gonna let you kind of take over here because. Okay. You know a lot more about macros than I do. Yeah. Being the seasoned player that I am, I've been using them for a long time. And uh, remind us how long you've been playing Stake? I've been playing since 2007. Like about February of 2007. So I was a noob for a long time, I'll admit. But we all started. Yeah, you gotta start somewhere, right? Nobody starts out being like an expert. And a friend of mine, like, started showing me macros and they just became really beneficial and I started using them more and more and the more I looked at them the more I could kind of grasp the the code necessary to to do them I want to point out in your own words stake um whenever research was being done on this even stake learned mm-hmm. something from it I learned more about macros than I had known before and it really helped me to break down the coding yeah 
So there's a website that we're going to put in the... There's, there's quite a few links for you guys to kind of paw through. Yeah. Um, that I will be sure to link. Um, I'm not sure if we'll get around to actually, um, like, I guess, saying the examples of, like, the Lua macro coding. Mm -hmm. However, if you follow us on Instagram, I will have pictures up there that you can actually see mm -hmm. and get a better feel for it than if we just And there's said definitely it. ones, like some specific ones I do want to cover just because like for classes like healers, I know especially one of well, my friends is wanting to know this kind so of stuff. So what I mean is like, these are just examples and they may be mm -hmm. outdated. So A lot of them are re repeats too. Yeah. So. Like, it's just nice to actually see a visual. Mm -hmm. um, so be sure to follow us on Instagram and I will... Mm -hmm. um, show you pictures of the research I put in for the yeah. examples. The, the the website is, I was about to reference though, uh, you essentially copy paste your macro into it and it explains yeah. what the macro does. That's pretty cool. Uh, so, all right, macros. Let's start with the basics, okay? So, you know, they can put multiple actions on the same button. You know, actions that trigger the global cooldown, however, will stop all later GCD actions. It will literally stop the macro right then. And that's because <clears throat> global cooldowns prevent you from doing anything, right? Yeah, it essentially locks you out of doing anything else other than things that are off the global cooldown. You know, the great like tank defensives and things like that are off the global cooldown. So, there are some abilities that are off the global cooldown. So let me ask you something that I've, if there are things that are exempt <clears throat> from it, why is it a global cooldown? Because there are some things that are off the global cooldown, meaning that when you press them, they don't trigger the other cool, cool, global cooldowns to activate. Oh, okay. So, like, say that you're casting a... Say you cast a... Say you're playing a Resto Shaman, and you cast Riptide. You're going to trigger a global cooldown, so you can't cast anything else until the global cooldown's done. And I think it's, like, a second. Yeah, it's not it's, too and long. And I think it's... Yeah, it's affected by haste, but it's still... You can't go below a certain global cooldown. Yeah. Okay? Um... All right, can be nearly any action you can click or keybind with some restrictions. They can execute conditionals. So check, you know, the check various things, allow small degree of decision making. Uh, commands are top down and conditionals are left to right, okay? Scripts. So scripts are bits of Lua uh, coding without using an external add-on. So like an example of this would be things like, um, like if you wanted to add music or you want to add a sound file like the uh like the owen wilson wow yeah exactly <laughs> so well you you would have to add something um like if you do if you want to do it with a macro you go to wowhead and they actually have a whole database of sound files yeah which is really cool all right so what can they do you know they're mostly used for items and abilities you can use them to send messages, equip gear, change your spec, adjust your settings, etc. So you can use them to like yell something when you pre press the macro, like, "Oh, you know, I'm the Lizard King. I can do anything." <laughs> you know, I I, I I think I have one attached to my lust that says, you know, like it's clobbering time or something like that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so they're prefaced prefaced with the forward slash. That's the one that you know goes from down to up fit going toward the right hand side all right for those that aren't familiar with that um, now 
for example, you got slash use, slash cast, slash say, slash equip, slash console, slash cache sequence, slash target. Wowpedia has the full list and it explains what each one kind of does. Uh, a very unique function is the uh, pound sign or the hashtag show tooltip, all one word. It shows the icon, it gives the info for the ability, for the item and ability, as if you drag the spell directly out of your spell book. Okay? So, what can they not do? And, th you know, this is really important because a lot of people are like, well, I know that I can do this in that row, but what am I limited to? <clears throat> they cannot make smart decisions. You know, no spells that are based on cooldowns. They can't check for active buffs or have all abilities on one button. Okay, so you do have... Sorry. <laughs> so you do have a situation to where, say that you want to make it heal the lowest health target. That's a smart decision. That's something that is actually forbidden by the game because say that you get into a situation where you have a tank who is at 60% health and you have a DPS that's at 61% health. That tank has a lot higher chance of surviving at 60% health because they can just pop a cooldown, they can heal themselves depending upon their class. Yeah. They have ways of mitigating damage or even like having another tank taunt off of them. It's because the tank is built for damage. Exactly. Like a tank at 60% health has more health than the DPS at 100% health. <laughs> so, because like I think I'm a demon hunter, I've got like 300,000 health and like, no, 325,000 health in like a random like heroic queue or whatever. And so a tank has a lot of health. And that's because they take a lot of damage. So they're meant to. But say that DPS was at 60%. If you're or sixty one percent, so your smart heal that you're trying to get with this macro would end up healing the tank and not the DPS that actually needs the heal. Yeah. The DPS has a high chance of dying if they don't get that heal within like the next second or two. Basically, a macro cannot <clears throat> make up for your common sense and situational. Yeah, awareness. you have to have some of your own ability to do so. Okay, so they are limited to two hundred and fifty five characters unless you use an add on. So that 255 character limit, that's what? Like, that's the general internet limit, right? I mean, it was the limit for tweets and stuff. Yeah, for a I mean, while. I think that, that that's a pretty standard limit just because of, like, 256 is a is a big number in, like, computing. Yeah. It's, it's a very, like, code-based number. Because um, it, it's a hexadecimal type, type thing. You can only have so many characters in there. I mean, like, if you're writing just a basic macro and not, like, full-blown coding, you really don't need more than 256 characters. Yeah. Uh, they cannot circumvent <laughs> the GCD. There are some exceptions, and you'll have to look into those yourself because it's, like, really specific examples. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I cannot simulate additional key presses. So it can't, you can't say, like, well, what if I press this and this and this, too? No, it can't do that. Uh, it cannot d include a delay for most commands. So you can't actually fake a delay to where, like, oh, well, I want multiple GCDs in here. So you can't put, like, a, a timing delay in there to make it as if you had yeah. done the GCD. Okay? All right, the next one is conditionals. So w conditionals is just like what, the, what it sounds like. It's a conditional thing. They can extend the macro interface. So... Essentially, they 
they they're like if then statements, basically. So, uh, so I'm gonna give some examples because they're they're very limited commands. So harm, and it's in brackets. It's in closed brackets. Okay. So harm in brackets means a different spell when an enemy is targeted versus when an in way friendly is targeted. So if you do, you know, forward slash cast harm in brackets, your attack spell semicolon healing spell what it's going to do is it's going to do your attack spell if you have an enemy targeted and it's going to do your healing spell if you have a friend targeted like an ally targeted yeah okay um you can actually use multiple command like multiple conditionals within it so you have something like slash cast harm comma mod which mod is modifier and i'll touch on that more in just a second control and then your <laughs> one spell you got you know harm another spell mod control a healing spell you know semicolon another heal like they, they get really complicated but when you break them down they're actually pretty simple because you can say oh this is like it's because macros go off of the first true condition that's what happens so from left to right the first condition that is true in a macro is the one that will happen. Yeah. So, um, so basically, if, if you, you're saying mod control... So if you have, like, a friendly player and an enemy player right next to each other, mm -hmm. whatever the code gets to first is what will happen. So, okay, say that if you had mod control pressed down, like, if you're holding the control key down, whatever your mod control spell is... If that's the first spell in your um, for like a harmful target, that's gonna do that one. Okay. It's gonna hit like it's gonna hit that condition. Um, all right, so all commands except at unit, so like at player, at target, at cursor, whatever, can be negated with putting the word no in front of the command itself. So like no combat, no pet, etc. So if you are not in combat, so if you don't have a pet. Things like that. So the the at unit basically performs the action on a listed unit. So like I said, at a player, at a focus, at a target, things like that. <clears throat> okay. So some very, very specific commands are the at mouse over. So what this does is your cursor, whatever target your cursor is over, it's going to cast on that target. Yeah. And like, so that's when you can you can add your modifiers in there to say, well, if I've got an enemy target, you know, if a mouse over an enemy, do this. But if a mouse over an ally, do this. This spell is it's really good for healers. So healers, you can have the boss targeted, and then mouse over your friends, so you can do DPS while healing. And this is like a common mistake that healers make is they they make the mistake of only worrying about healing spells and not worrying about damaging spells. So you've got classes like Resto Shaman, for example, who can actually contribute some DPS and should be contributing DPS. Now, granted, don't like sit there and be like, oh, well, sorry, I was casting Lightning Bolt and instead of healing. No, no, no. You want to do it when you know that you can, when you know that you have the capability and you're not going to worry about your raid dying for doing it. Because the damaging spells are typically very low mana intensive for healers. 
and are kind of a nice little way for you to regen some mana while you're in the combat. So, like, it helps you basically, you know, it helps you contribute to the fight more than just as a mana sponge and just as a healing class. I'm committing an act of cannibalism. <laughs> pizza's over here eating pizza. Okay. <laughs> Good deal. Alright, so the modifier command. So, this is different spells. They're with control, shift, or alt. So, if you just do mod, it's any modifier that's pressed. Mod colon shift is only shift. So, and that applies to like control or alt. So, if you have mod semicolon control alt as one word, you basically, when control and alt are pressed at the same time, then the spell will happen. So you also have a forward slash, if you put it between the modifier commands, modifier keys, it makes it to where it's or. It's if control is pressed or if alt is pressed, it will do this, instead of both being, have to be pressed at the same time. So it's, it's kind of like really basic coding and it's like, it just depends upon how uh, complex you want to make your macros at that yeah. point. <clears throat> it's the difference between um, beginner coding and I've been macroing for a bit now. Yeah, oh yeah. <clears throat> Alright, so the next command is the button command, or BTN, as it's abbreviated. Because you honestly want to truncate your macros where you can. You don't want to type in whole words if you don't have to. Like, if the commands can be shortened, that's the best to do, because you're limited to 255 characters in the macro. Yeah. Okay? So, the button, it's like, which button used to click the macro? I am not fond of these strictly because I use keybinds. I don't like clicking on my spells to, yeah. you know, to do something. That's a little bit weird for me. Um, granted, these, to me, these would be like non-combat commands. Say, like if I um, if I wanted to do like a DBM timer, I could left-click on there, or a DBM break, I'd right-click on the button. So that'd be that kind of thing. <clears throat> okay. Uh, the next command, or next commands, I should say, are exists, help, harm, and dead. So they are the status of the target. Exists means that there's a target, which is pretty simple. Yeah. The other commands actually imply exist, so you don't have to have exist with help or harm or dead, because if there's if the other ones are true, exist is true. Yeah. Okay. So, help and harm are friendly versus hostile target. I mean, it's pretty straightforward there. Dead if your target's dead. They're pr I mean they're pretty simple. And all these can be negated, so no exists mean if there's no targets. Uh, no help means that it's not a friendly. No harm means that it's not a you know not a host not a hostile. And then no dead means that you're you have a target that is alive. Yeah. Um. So combat, if you're in combat, uh, talent colon R slash C. So this checks for a talent in a row, in, in a row, in a column. So R is the row, C is the column. You use a forward slash in between the row and the column. So do like talent colon 
you know, row five, talent three. And what it'll do is if you have that talent, do the spell. Otherwise, do use another spell. It's really good for classes like um, like a hunter, for example. If they have the camouflage ability, they if they have it tar- uh, talented, well, say if I have camouflage talented, use camouflage. Otherwise, use an invispot. So it's really good for that kind of thing. Alright, and then you have things like Stance, Form, and Stealth. Um, these are basically just check your current status. So if you're a Rogue or a Druid and you use the Stealth command, you're basically checking to see if you're Prowling or in Stealth. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Stance and Form are essentially identical uh, commands. Like, you can switch them out either way. So, they apply the Warrior's Defensive Stance. Uh, I think I think this one's a bit outdated because Warriors no longer have that form like they used to. You used to have Berserker Stance, Defensive Stance, and... Uh, God, I don't even remember anymore. Basically, you used to have, like, a ba- Battle Stance. There we go. So, you could switch between those Stance Dancing. Druids, however, do have stances. So they have, you know, bird form, or travel form, tank form, you know, caster form. So it's just, it honestly, play around with it, see what you get. And for more specifics, it's actually in the different kind of class forms to do that. All right, equipped and worn. There, it tells if there's a certain item type equipped. So you have equipped shirts or equipped shields. And worn is only for specific item type and not individual by name. So equipped, if you want to check for a very specific shield or something like that, then you want that. If you're saying, well, if I have a shield on in general, go with worn. Okay. Pet, and this applies to things, you know, like warlocks, hunters, mages. It checks if you have a pet. And if you don't have a pet, that's the no pet. So, like, you can actually say, well, if I don't have a pet, do this. If I do have a pet, do this. They're really, like I said, if-then, really specific kind of things. Uh, Spec command checks what spec you're in. So, say if you're... You can have a macro that determines whether you're in, you know, uh, Havoc spec or Vengeance spec. So it could say in one, in one spec it would do this ability, but in the other spec it does the other ability, which is you know really cool. Um, okay, action bar uh, checks your current action bar. Group, and you've got group party, group raid. Uh, group is for any any type group. The party specifically if you're in a five man dungeon party. And the raid is good for any size raid. So it's basically to say, well, if I'm in a raid, do this. But if I'm in a party, do this. And that's actually, you could do that to change your talents, which is really effective. Because if you're a healer, you know, going back, going back to shaman again, uh, if you're a rest of shaman, say some talents are really good for five bands, but they're not as good in raids because they don't really contribute well to the size of the raid which is really cool 
feel Shit. like a yeah factory over here. You feel like a yeah factory? It's like, yeah, that sounds good. If I could make money off of yeahs, I wouldn't have to do these podcasts. <laughs> well, I mean, the Beatles made money off of yeahs. It's like, she loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not the Beatles. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. I enjoy this podcast. So, the channeling command is basically checks if you're channeling a spell and, you know, channeling spell name, if you get specific with it and do follow it up with a colon in the spell name, it checks if you're channeling that specific spell. Otherwise, it's just going to do for any spell. Okay. Uh, we have indoors, outdoors, and flyable. And this is for, like, mounting so and things like that. It refers to what area you're in. So, say, for, like, a druid. If you're indoors, you can't mount up so you want it to put in like, you know, like a travel form, yeah, to be able to move around, which is really good. Um, and then there's mounted, flying, and swimming. So it, that's the current movement status. So mounted checks if you're mounted. Flying checks if you're mounted and flying at the same time. And then swimming checks if you're swimming. And it doesn't matter if you're on top of the water or under the water, as long as you're, you know around water like be you sitting on water or floating or underwater doesn't matter wild sammy appears <laughs> all right so i'm actually about done with this i may give a couple of examples i definitely want to touch on the healing macro because it's really good are you seriously already done just about yeah wow. so scripting what is possible with scripting in a macro so you're essentially running a mini or micro add-on Okay, so it is still restricted to the 255 character limit. So, example, announcing cooldowns or you know, qual um, crowd control in a raid, calculating variables like your getting your different ratings like your haste rating, versatility, crit, mastery, whatever. So you can actually run a script to get that data from the game and then report it out to you in like slash say, which is really cool because I have one that runs like my defensive stats and my warrior and it was how I was able to determine like my you know how much of this was it actually going to block and like what percent like what was my actual mitigation amount things like that it, it's really kind of neat um so let's see and and it can return results so as an example how many glyphs you have left to learn or non-protected spell cast, which, um, so like which mount ba to use based on which zone you're in. So they're done, like done with, instead of the slash cast or slash use, they're done with slash script or slash run. <clears throat> All right, the next is the tool as a tips, tricks, and shortcuts. So for example, like I mentioned the 255 character limit. So you want to kind of cut corners where you can with macros to save yourself some character limit. So slash cast and slash use, they function the same way. And they did this a while back. They made them function the same way. Use used to only be four items, whereas cast was only for spells, but now they work the same way. Um, you want to reduce additional white space. So say you did slash use, had you know two spaces or sorry had a space then did help had a space then flash heal and then it's the same thing 
as having it slash use help and then flash L literally on the end of the bracket. So the coding like that, it basically works out as it still computes it. Like limit white space where you can because that'll save you a lot of, you know, extraneous effort and things like that. Multiple modifiers can be used in the same command. So if you say you want to, you know, have like six different spells. Say you want to minimize space on your action bar. Say you don't want like six different spells. You can actually put them all into like the one macro with different modifiers. So um, you can do like modifier, uh, like control and then shift and modifier alt and control alt, things like that. Um, you can you have multiple abilities used together at the same time if there's no global cooldown. So abilities that do not trigger the global cooldown, like for example, if you wanted to pop your defensive and a trinket, you can do that because the the defensive is not going to trigger the global cooldown. Okay, so now I'm going to. Don't get too close to the mic, please. Sorry. Now I'm going to do the macros, mouse and macros for spells that I have always found are really, really, really helpful to me as a healer. Okay? So you have the slash cast, you know, bracket, at mouse over, comma help, comma no dead, close bracket, and your spell. What this does is it casts a mouse on mouse over if it's an ally and alive. And there's also the a much longer way to do it with uh, modifiers in it. So slash cast, mod alt, add a player, close that bracket, at mouse over, help, no dead, help. At target, target, help, and then you want an empty bracket in your healing spell. Now we can actually include a lot of these in the kind of like info section to help you guys be like oh yeah. that's what he meant but like i said i will have pictures of these up on our instagram mm -hmm. um so i mean they'll definitely get a visual of it yeah wow just the difference between our handwriting uh, right i've got this sloppy sloppy handwriting i wouldn't really call it sloppy i would just say rushed rushed yeah so to break down what that macro did that i just explained if you hold down alt it makes you cast a spell on yourself. If you're mousing over an ally, it's going to cast on the ally. If you have an ally targeted, it's going to cast on the target. If you have an enemy targeted, like if you have your enemy targeted, whoever your enemy is targeting is going to be the recipient of your your spell. So it's like a boomerang. Um, is okay. So say for example, you're tanking something, and the healer has that part in his macro. So I guess it's really good for like ads, like in a boss fight. Like if an ad is targeting mm -hmm. somebody, mm -hmm. you can smart heal them basically. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, you can smart heal them with the spell, which is really nice. Yeah, especially like if you can see the ad but you can't see the player. Mm-hmm. Huh, that's pretty cool. Oh yeah. Oh, I love it. I have definitely learned a lot from listening to you. I'm sorry that I kind of went silent for a while <laughs> and then made a. This I think this joke. was kind of my 
my little bit here. Uh, yeah. Also, the there is the none of the above condition of the of the empty bracket, and what that does is makes the spell do its default action. So say that none of those things are happening. Say say you know you don't you're not pressing Alt. Our cat is really weird. Eh, I don't she's know always what weird. she's doing. I think it's sort of pizza dropped earlier, so she's oh. uh, probably getting like pepperoni or something off the floor. I have forsaken my people and I dropped a pizza earlier. <laughs> so, anything that you guys you know want to see in the future or any questions you have, absolutely feel free to ask us. Like I said, I have definitely seen a rise of people wondering about pet battles, how to get into pet battles, like what's beneficial. So, if you guys maybe want us to cover pet battles next, then please let us know. Part of the reason that I do link the Instagram is so that if you have suggestions, you can definitely come to mm -hmm. us and ask for them, and we will put in the research for it. Just, if it's too close to Sunday, don't expect it that week, because yeah. research needs to be put into everything that we cover, <clears throat> unless it's something that we're already intimately familiar with. Yeah, and uh, as far as some very specific macro things, I, I'm going to be putting a lot of info into oh, that yeah. as well. It's going to help you guys out because I know they get confusing. Um, Any kind of coding can get confusing, but once you get a hold on the basics, you can move from there. And honestly, too, I feel like if people, you know, come to us and they want, like, have questions, they can probably give them, like, our battle tag to yeah. kind of, like, help them be like, hey, uh, I heard your podcast. I, you know... Or I just want to say hey to you guys, or if you have a question, especially about the macro stuff, because I know it gets confusing. Guys, most definitely, if you do want to do anything in-game with us, hit us up on Instagram. Oh, yeah. And I know I'm more than happy to run a BG, and you're probably more than happy to run, run a dungeon, Mythic Plus, whatever you want to do, man. You want to bring me into a raid, I'll tear it up. <laughs> I mean, that's even good if you want to, like, maybe see somebody play a mm -hmm. certain thing to get a kind of feel for it and maybe somebody who has been playing it for a while. So something else I wanted to bring up on the the macro thing, and I think that we actually brought this up a little bit last time, was the um, the class discords. Oh, yeah. So the class discords will generally have helpful macros to you. Yeah. Like, the, especially, like, spec-specific macros. Yeah. Try to say that three times fast. Spec-specific macros. <laughs> So you'll go into like the Fellhammer Discord and they'll have helpful macros. Or you could even ask other players in there, but like, hey, what's a good macro to use for this? As I pointed out last time we brought this up is it's a Discord full of people who play these things regularly and mm -hmm. are very intimately familiar with their class. I had a question earlier and like I I went in there and I asked them and I got some really, really good Oh, yeah. Strong results. Like, I feel better after, like, going in there. Definitely. So, you can, um, you can honestly go in there and talk to these people and get, like, real, like, in real time response. Because there's generally always somebody active in there to yeah. talk to. And essentially, like I said, like I said last week, they're not, like, they don't tolerate people just, like, hate like yeah. just doing hate in there they they will get removed from the discord the cool thing probably about the discord i haven't been in there but this is more a question to you there's probably more than likely several links to different resources if you can't get yes. an immediate so response. I, something that like i i can actually directly answer on that when you go like and i'm referencing the fallhammer discord because that's that's my class i'm i'm a demon hunter through and through that's what i like playing yeah so i'm often in their discord so when you click on the like vengeance 
frequently asked questions or the havoc frequently asked questions there are linked resources to yeah. each thing that they do they like the people that maintain that and i i believe and i brought his name up last time but like i cannot give this guy enough props because he's really good at what he does that in the vengeance frequently asked questions it's monkey that that does a lot of that like legwork yeah, he does and a lot of research. He does a lot. He does, he's a great theory crafter. He's absolutely wonderful theory crafter, and uh, he basically puts in his research. And I believe he's actually the one who does the vengeance icy veins guide. Oh, for 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 vengeance, Demon Hunter. The one thing that I really <clears throat> really love about our end of the WoW community is. You get help with no condescension. Yeah, no, like I, I make I poke fun at things like rogues and I make poke fun at a class. But, but if you genuinely need help or you need advice on something, we're more than happy to give you the resources or to give you tips without any kind of judgment. I'm still relatively new. Steak was new as, at some point. Mm-hmm. Everybody has to start somewhere, and you can come to us for help with no judgment. Like, if you're someone who's genuinely coming to me for help, I'm going to help you. Yeah. Like, I, I've had people, like, even guildies that were struggling on a class are struggling. Like, I, I went and researched and, like, found information for them. And this was before, like, Discord existed. Shit, man. The reason that we put in this much effort into the macros is because one of your friends yeah a friend of mine was like hey I, I like i want to i know i want to know more about macros i want to know how to use them because i hear so many people talking about them i know they've got to be really helpful yeah like how can they help me because like like i said i use them constantly i don't know if i'd be able to function without them no like and this it's a quality of life change especially for something like like a demon hunter it's one of the most important quality of life yeah changes. because like your all your sigils are based on at cursor macros i would not so as a tank demon hunter a lot of my stuff is melee however i do have some ranged abilities with my um shit sigils yeah my sigils like yeah. uh what's on my shifty and shift w so you've got your Sigil of Misery, and then you've got your... Uh, sigil of Flame, I think. Sigil of Flame, and then you've also got your uh, Sigil of Silence. Yeah. So all of your stuff is needs at to be, cursors. Yeah, it needs to be cast mm-hmm. where I'm aiming them at. The w- And the great thing about mm-hmm. that is, especially being a tank class, you can't... Sometimes you don't have time for the intermediary step of they, the reticule. They are most definitely beneficial in pvp oh, which yeah. is what i've been doing the most of lately and sigil change too and granted when you respect a certain t- talent way in vengeance you don't need those macros so speaking of do you want to do a podcast on maybe like what talents are mm-hmm. best for what specs i wouldn't be able to cover every spec but i think that that's something that's a little out of my wheelhouse now granted Something like de- like Death Knights or, like, or Demon Hunters, I could definitely speak on. Or like just even talking about <clears throat> like what I guess works best for us and letting people figure out theirs from there. Yeah. And like giving them the resources. I, I will say that there's a lot of cookie cutter builds out there, but it's honestly a thing to where... Whatever works best for you. What works best for you. What can you work better with? What, yeah, okay, so I'll give you an example on that. Um, for Havoc, Demon Hunters... You have the option of momentum build and the option of demonic build. Momentum build has a very high skill cap. Like you really 
like if you know what you're doing you need to know what you're doing and there are so many ways to screw it up and miss that it's damage really window. not beginner friendly i'm guessing it's not it's absolutely not because that's there the, are so many I've situations been, that's the i've been dpsing on demon hunter for a while and so okay i've been DP, like i've done this for a long time and i just i don't like that build yeah. I don't like it because there are so many room, so many like, so many ways to get error on it. Yeah. So say on a fight like Mythic Zekvaz, for example, I'm generally having to use my Fell Rush at times to save my life. Yeah. I I use my Fell Rush and my Ventral Retreat as ways to get out of dangerous situations or to get quickly over to an ad. Yeah. And that basically when I do that, I. I kill my DPS. I kill this DPS window if I run momentum spec. Yeah. Demonic, on the other hand, I unload my highest damage ability on these things and shift into a form where I'm doing more damage. I want to point out, like I did last time, these are our opinions, what works best for us. What works best for us may not work best for you. That's right. So take what we say with a grain of salt and put in your own research as well. We... As much as we want to help you, we can't spoon-feed this to you. Right. And and like I said, the, the IC Bane's guides and the discords are, are excellent ways because while it's good to play what you want to play, there are things like certain talents that fall way behind yeah. the others. And it's no, it's nothing that's like... I mean... It's just tuning, your, honestly. Your research also should include trying different things out on your own yeah. outside of research and just seeing what feels more organic so and best for you. I, I, I want us to put this in the comments too. Raid bots is an excellent way to sim yourself. I used to use SimC, but it's it's basically wonderful SimC, and you can sim multiple things at once. It's beautiful. Which reminds me, when we're done, I need to update my DBMs. Okay. Okay. Good deal. But... Yeah, I hope that you guys enjoyed listening to this podcast. I hope you learned something new. I so- I'm sorry if I just kind of got a bit droning there. I definitely do want us to have things in the comments here that that we can actually like help you guys get a visual because especially yeah. especially the macros, they're visual things. They're very easy to mess up. Oh yeah. So. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope you learned something new and got a laugh out of my cannibalism jokes because <laughs> there's plenty more where that came from. But until next time, guys. See ya. See ya.